You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of John, chapter 2. It says in verse 1, it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. I think Jesus loves weddings because that's where his first miracle was. If you think about it. In verse 3 it says, The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. You know, that really wasn't Jesus' problem. He was just invited he was just a guest. Who's ever come, someone came to you with their problem and it wasn't your problem? Amen. And you want to say, don't make your problems my problem. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But they come to you as if it's your problem. Really, it's their problem. But they make it like it's your problem. But God is so good because Jesus said, dear woman, that's not our problem. They're out of wine. And Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. I love the ministry of Jesus because he was always doing miracles even when there was no legitimate expectation for him to do it at all. In this instance, his time had not yet come. In another instance, there was a woman who was a Gentile lady who said, Lord, heal my daughter. And and then Jesus said, Uh, these miracles are for Israel, not for you. He was saying, you you shouldn't have any reason to expect me to do anything for you because I wasn't sent to you. I was sent to the children of Israel. Later, the Gentiles were engrafted in. But Jesus was telling her that you have no reason to expect me to do anything for you. He actually called her, really said, you're like a dog. (laughs) And, And this bread is for the children. And she said these remarkable words. She didn't get offended, but she said, even the dogs eat from the crumb that fall from the master's table. Jesus said, great is thy faith. Be it done unto you according as you will. Someone says, is it God's will? Well, Jesus didn't want to give her the miracle. So he said, just be it done unto you according as you will. Is that in the Bible? You can go read it. So Jesus even did the miracles when there was no reason for him to expect that he was going to do anything. Now that just tells me that he's just... He's just (laughs) overflowing with miracle power. People act like it's such a hard thing to get God to do something, but Jesus stands with arms wide open. He's ready, and he says, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and weary, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. and, And if, you know... We see these instances in the Bible where Jesus really, there was no expectation that he should have did it, yet he did it. How much more when we have a right as a child of God to eat of that bread of healing, to eat of that provision or whatever it is, Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So how much more should we not ever struggle with wondering if God wants to do it or if God wills it or if God will did it, do it? I want to tell you, he will do it. Will you believe him? Because part of the struggle is the devil will come and and try to put doubt and fear and unbelief on you and say, now, he'll always say, did God really say that you can have that? I mean, come on, God's up there. He's busy. You think he has time for you? He'll stop 
he'll stop the sun for you. Are you kidding me? He loves you so much. He's infinite. He's got all the time in the universe for you. Is this already helping anybody? Amen. We should never struggle with does God want to do it. So he says, my time's not yet come, but, the, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. His mother really just pushed him into this miracle. <laughs> Amen. You know, you can push men of God into miracles. You can push other people. You can provoke people into good works where people don't want to win souls, and you just, you just push them into it. No, come on, come with me. So I said, well, I don't have to talk to anybody, right? No, 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 you just come with me. Just come with me. Just watch me do it. Okay, and then you go to the first person, and then you say, hey, how you doing? My friend has something to say to you. Just read the script to him. And then they look at you, they go, my time has not yet come. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to win souls. Yeah, you are. Come around the river, that fire will get in you, and you'll go do it. Amen. Hallelujah. So the mom said, do, do whatever Jesus tells you. King James says, whatever he says, whatever he sa- says, do it. That's a key. We're, we're, we're talking about provision here, but that's a real key. Whatever the Lord says, do it. Some people in their giving, they just give whatever they're comfortable giving. But the key to giving and giving that gets God's attention and giving in the, in the spirit and giving from a, from a place of the Spirit is listening in for the voice of God. And to listen to the voice of God, you need to ask him, is there anything you want me to do? Yes. Yes. Some people just let an offering go by and they never even ask the Lord, is there anything you want me to do? What do you want me to give? I'm talking about above the tithe. Of course, he says, give over. You don't have to ask, Lord, do you want me to give my tithe? <laughs> you know, you don't have to ask the Lord if he wants you to do what he's already said do. But what if he wants you to go a little bit beyond? What if he wants to stretch your faith? What if he wants you to sow a seed because he has a harvest on the other side for you? What if he wants to take that water and turn it into wine and turn it into overflow? So you've got to ask the Lord and then listen to whatever he tells you. Amen. <laughs> because sometimes the Lord will speak to you and you, you just want to start rebuking the enemy and say, that's not of God. Amen. <laughs> because the Lord will challenge you sometimes. What do you do when the Lord says to give something that you need? No, I've had him do that. I, I've had the Lord. One time I was laying on, on the ground under the power of God, and I just started to tell the Lord. I said, Lord, I really need new clothes. I said, Lord, I really need a tie. And the Lord said, you need a tie? I said, yeah. He said, buy your friend a tie. I said, that is not what I said. I didn't say, Lord, I didn't say, Lord, my friend needs a tie. I said, Lord, I need a tie. He said, do you need a tie? I needed one for my suit. I said, I said yes. I need a tie. He said, okay, take your friend to men's warehouse and buy him a tie. Well, first, I don't have the money to buy him a tie. I mean, I do, but I need that money for gasoline. <laughs> Second, if I'm going to spend 50 60 $80, whatever, um, I'll just buy my own tie. Thank you. You know what I mean? In, in the flesh, that's how you think. But I went to the Lord. I said, I need a tie. He said, do you need a tie? I said, yes. He said, buy your friend a tie. And then I looked at my friend. He had $7,000 suits. He had every tie, every color. He, he needed not ties or clothes. But the Bible says, bring all your ties into the storehouse. That's a joke. I just had to make that somewhere. Just get that one out of the way so I can keep going. Amen. Or it's going to mess with me until I say it. So, so I take him to the men's warehouse. I said, hey... I said, the Lord spoke to me to buy a tie for you. And he said, you need a tie. I said, I know, but the Lord told me to buy you one. 
And I said, just get anyone you want. He said, anyone? I said, yes. And he, he was not humble about it. Amen. <laughs> he, he really stretched the bank account. Amen. And uh, so whatever. But, uh, but I bought him a tie. And, and starting that day, I pro- and I don't even wear ties anymore but for now. But, but from that day, I've never lacked a tie in my life. And I could go into the testimonies of I have ties from Finland, I have ties from Turkey, I have ties from Africa, I have ties from Holland, I have ties from Estonia, I have ties, I have so many ties, I think that they are in my closet getting married and having babies, I'll just tell you that, <laughs> because they're multiplying, they, won't, they, they haven't stopped since that day, <laughs> I'm telling you. No, I mean, one day I, I asked the Lord after I had like 20 ties given to me, I've never bought myself one. I had 20 given to me. And I said, Lord, well, I have all these ties you blessed me with. I said, I need a black one. And uh, a week later, I open up the trunk of my 1999 Ford, Ford uh, uh, Mustang, and I open it up, and there was a brand-new black tie sitting there. It was something else. And then I go into my closet later. There was another black tie sitting there. I don't know where they came from. I honestly have no idea if someone slipped it in my hand, I threw it in my closet and forgot about it, or an angel just slipped two ties. But I had two black ties. It's wild. So what, what was the key? Lord, I need a tie. Whatever he says, do it. He told me, buy my friend a tie. So when I was sitting over there, the Lord gave me a word. I was looking at the river. The Lord gave me a word. The Lord said, I will take what you have and make it what you need. Oh, come on. Did you get that? The Lord told me. I was sitting right there. I looked at Edie. I said, the Lord just gave me a word. And I told her, didn't I? And I was sitting there, and the Lord told me, he said, I will take what you have, and I will make it what you need. What does that tell me? We, we act sometimes as, as if our, our provision or miracle needs to just come to us, but really, your miracle is already with you. It's already in your hand, and the Lord will take it and make a miracle out of it. I'm going to show you in the Bible what I'm talking about. It says, standing nearby, there were six, six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremony. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of the ceremony tasted the water, that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from. Though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over and he said, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have saved the best wine till last. And this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed him. So what, their, their miracle, they needed wine. Jesus said, go get some water and go fill some pots. Jesus took what they had and made it what they needed. Jesus took what they had and he made it what they needed. Are you with me? Go to John chapter 6. In verse 1. It says, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And it says, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. And then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him till it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, Jesus asked, 
Where can we get bread to feed all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed all of them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is this with a huge crowd? <laughs> and uh, you might have something in your hand right now and say, what, what good is this? For what I need. <laughs> Amen. I, I started to laugh because I was reminded of this theologian who, who, who began to teach at a Bible school. And one week, he took a whole week and took the students to explain away every miracle in the Bible. And uh, he was going through the Bible to explain that, that the miracles in the Bible weren't actually miracles, but they were actually, you can explain them. And he said that really the parting of the Red Sea wasn't that great of a miracle because there's a part of, 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 the, of the sea that's, that's very shallow and that the Mo Moses and the children of Israel just walked over it. And then, uh, you know, it was so funny because a student spoke up. He said, well, Mr. Theologian, that, that's an even greater miracle. Because it means that God drowned the whole of Egyptian army in two feet of water. <laughs> Amen. And then the theologian said that, that the feeding of the multitude wasn't that great of a miracle. Because he said in those days they had really big loaves of bread. And so they were just, <laughs> they were just, they had enough <laughs> bread for every, so five loaves of bread, they were just very big loaves of bread. And then one of the students said, well, Mr. Theologian, that's an even greater miracle because you forgot that in John 6, he fed the multitude with a little boy's lunch. So can you imagine this little boy's lunch, these huge, I just picture these huge loaves of bread and two whales that he's walking around with, you know, that, that's his lunch. Don't ever try to explain away the supernatural in the Bible. So here's a little boy's lunch. And Peter said, what good is this for this great need? And Jesus said in verse 10, tell everyone to sit down. And Jesus said, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. That's not including women and children. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed it to the people. And afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And everyone was full. Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted, because God hates waste. It says in verse 13, so they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Hallelujah. And when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is a prophet, the prophet that we've been expecting. Amen. Jesus took what they had and he made it what they needed. You better get ready <laughs> because before this month is over, Jesus is going to take what you have and he's going to make it what you need. I thought you'd get a little excited about that, but that's okay. Amen. It's so whether you agree or not. Amen. Hallelujah. Because that's what the Lord told me. He said, he said, I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to make it what you need. Can you say Amen. We could go on and on. We could even go to the book of uh, 1 Kings 17. And it says in verse 10, And so when Elijah went to Zarephath, 
He arrived at the gates of the village and he saw a widow woman gathering sticks and he asked her, would you pre- please bring me a little cup of, uh, a little water in a cup? And she was, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, bring me a bite of bread too. And she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little bit of cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal that then my son and I will eat it and die. In verse 13, and Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, fear not. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make me a little bit of bread first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, that there will be always be enough flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. And she went and she did as the man of God said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. And there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the container, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Another circumstance of God taking what she had and making it into what she needed. I prophesy over your life of miracles of provision that are going to be made manifest. That as you listen to the voice of the Lord. When he says do something, you just do it in a step of obedience and in a step of faith. And I prophesy that you shall see miracles of provision and you shall not lack. And God is going to take what you have and he's going to make it into what you need this month in the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive that, just say a living amen. Hallelujah. You're going to see it. I prophesy miracles, miracles Miracles of provision. Miracles of biblical proportion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory unto God. I feel it. Hallelujah. You're going to see it made manifest in your life. Whatever he says, do. Jesus said, take the water, pour it. And it was wine. When they poured, the miracle happened. It was water. Until they begin to pour. And they begin to give the wine out. The miracle begin to happen. The miracle of the multiplication. He just took it. He didn't take it and it all multiplied in front of him. It was the same amount. He blessed it. And he said distribute it to the people. And when they begin to give the little bit. As they begin to give. What happened? There was a multiplication. And Jesus took what they had. And he made it into what they needed. And with the woman with a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. Every time. She always had the same amount, but every time she poured, (laughs) come on. When she began to pour, God took what she had and made it what she needed. As you begin to pour out, someone says, well, I need this. It's not about what you need. or I'm sorry, it's not about what that person needs. Someone says, well, you know, I'm going to give to this person and, and they don't need it, I need it. It's not about what, what that person needs. It's about what you need. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. That as you begin to pour, and, and here's the key, whatever he says to do, you do it. Not what anyone else says. Yes. Whatever he says to do, you do. And as you begin to pour, the miracle happens. How many of you guys know God honors his word? That's what he told me. I was sitting over there. He said, I will take what they have and I will make it what they need. You better get ready. Hallelujah. That's what happened to me when I went to Bible school. 
I was in Tennessee. I was driving to Bible school. I was in Tennessee, and the motor went out of my tracer, Mercury, I think, something, Mercury tracer. The motor went out in, in, in Tennessee. So here I am in Bible school with no vehicle. So now my mom has to stay in Florida and take me to college. Great. That's what you want, right? You go to school, and your mommy drops you off. I said, Mom, just drop me off down the sidewalk. And if that's not enough, she wants to get involved in every Ministry of Helps program. I go out soul winning. Well, I want to come too. I want to go win souls. And how do you say no? No, you can't go win souls. How do you say no? No, you cannot win anyone to Christ. You know, so she comes and now I'm sitting in the back seat of a van with mom. It was, it was, it was bad. And uh, so I begin to press in for a vehicle. And the Lord told me to give an amount, and not only a vehicle, I needed a job because uh, you'd need money to live. Amen? And um, so I needed provision. And so, uh, you know, I began the press in, and I was in a meeting one day, and uh, the Lord told me to give, and it was about 60% of my bank account, actually more like 80%. And uh, I think the next night I gave the rest of it because it's like that 20% is just irritating me <laughs> at that point. It's just irritating me, you know. And so I just did what he said. I'm not saying to do this. I'm saying you listen to him. I had enough money for my first tuition payment and my first rent payment, and I had no vehicle. And I started putting in applications. I mean, I was aggressive trying to get a job. I applied at Best Buy to be on the Geek Squad, and uh, I kept calling. They said, stop calling us. We will call you. I didn't get the job. And... uh, the next day after I gave that, about 80%, my dad was already back in Coshocton, and he called my mom, and he said, uh, you'll never believe what happened. He, he, there was this old lady he used to take care of and just go and make sure she was, you know, everything was okay with her. And she wanted to go to the store, so he was taking her to the store. And they drove past the car lot. He, she said, help me find a new car for myself, and I want to give your son my car. She didn't even know I needed a car. Her car, current car, had 10,000 miles on it. It was a new car. She said, you help me get a new one. You just give your son my old car. The Lord provided the vehicle. Later on in the day, a few hours later, my sister, who didn't know I just gave that huge amount of money, I couldn't pay my rent or tuition, and it was due that week. I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to need your help. If you've called me here, I know you'll provide for me. So I gave that in faith when he told me to. Later on in the same day, my sister called my my mom and she said, I don't know why, but I have to help Zach. And she sent a huge amount of money that covered my tuition and it covered my rent. And then every month she sent enough to cover what I I needed to be covered. And she supported me every month, which she wasn't going to do that. She wasn't being nice just because she was my sister. The Lord told her to do it. And she supported me financially, and it took care of everything. And I didn't even have to work a job until the third year of internship. I got one for fun because I had, I mean, really, I shouldn't have did that because I was already working 80 hours at the ministry, then another 20 hours working at a job. But I did that because I wanted to be able to give more. Amen. But what did God do? He took what I had, which I thought I needed. I got to save for a car. I have to, I have responsibilities. I have to pay my rent. I have to pay my tuition. But God took what I had. And when I put it in his hands, he made it what I needed. I I heard this pastor say, I can't wait till the day where we don't have to receive an offering anymore. But you have to understand, Jesus instituted the offering. 
Let me say that again. God instituted the offering. It's not a man-made idea. And the Bible says in Hebrews that when you give, he says, men receive the tithe and the offering on earth, but in heaven, Jesus receives it. Every time you give, now whether you give this word or not, I'm not trying to get an offering from anybody. I'm trying to teach. But every time you give into the work of God, that though men receive it on earth, you're actually literally putting it into the hands of Jesus. So as you give this morning, I want you to just visualize, just like who's ever worshipped and you just visualize that you're at the throne. Isn't that powerful? You're just at the throne. I want you to visualize that as you give, you're not just plunking something in. But when you give, give and visualize that I am putting this in the hands of Jesus. Father, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice that you'd speak to your people. And Lord, as they sow, some even sowing in tears this morning, I sense that even people watching online, Lord, that what they sow in tears, they will reap with shouts of joy. And Father, I thank you for miracles of provision in the name of Jesus. Lord, I rebuke stinginess, that stingy poverty spirit. I bind you and I break your power off of God's people today. You will not stop God's people from rising up and doing what God's called them to do. In Jesus' name. And Father, I speak blessing. And Lord, I thank you that blessing shall come upon your people and overtake them. Lord, thank you that they will be blessed in this city. That you would bless all the work of their hands. Thank you that you're raising some people up to even fund the gospel in a, in a miraculous way. And Father, I thank you. For every gift, bless the gift, bless the giver. Let every penny be used to further the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in our nation. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshopton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshopton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. 
I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at the River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.